Giant Slayers podcast, our goal is to equip our listeners with both biblical and practical resources for their spiritual and mental health journeys. We'll cover a multitude of topics associated with mental health and well-being from a Christ-centered perspective with both professionals in the field and those with personal experience. Whether you're looking for support for yourself or for someone you love, whether in recovery from an addiction, dealing with depression or anxiety, healing from a hurt or trauma, or just going through a spiritual desert, join us as we lean on one another in a God who'll never leave us in the journey. Much like King David of the Old Testament, who had his own mental and spiritual struggles, you too are a giant slayer with the help of a mighty father. The Giant Slayers podcast acknowledges that the views expressed here are held by each individual who shares them, and not to take the place of therapeutic care from a mental health professional, clinician, or provider. Let's dive in, Giant Slayers. Good morning, Giant Slayers. This is Angie Wolfram, and we're here today on a bright and early Wednesday morning. It's like 7 a.m. I haven't done a podcast this early ever, but anyway, um, we're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. We're here with Jane Schmid. She is the drug court coordinator um, from Van Wert County. She works at Westwood Behavioral. But we're here today to talk about Celebrate Recovery, something near and dear to both of our hearts. We are stepsisters, as she has uh, called us. We have both been through the 12-step study process with Celebrate Recovery, and we wanted to talk about it today and give you a little bit of our testimony. Jane, do you want to um, first tell us a little bit about what you do at Drug Court? You've been on the podcast before, um, but today we're going to talk about something slightly different. But for those that maybe didn't hear your first episode, maybe you can just go ahead and give us a little overview of what you do. work for Westwood Behavioral Health. My clients are SUD, Substance Use Disorder, folks working towards recovery in various stages and so um, 12 steps and celebrate recovery definitely address um, things like addictions but I love celebrate recovery because it makes the point to say you know what not just drug and alcohol addiction but there are a lot of things we need to overcome things that we might have picked up as a, a young person, a child that were absolutely our coping mechanisms, and now we want to ditch them. They're not serving us well. So impulsivity, compulsive gambling, uh, overspending, um, you know, being addicted to like sexual relationships, uh, anger, control, um, all those things that maybe other programs don't necessarily encompass and so, um, you know, my background is I spent 20-some years in manufacturing. So it, it's funny when we're walking in today, I'm thinking, you know, back in the day, I would start work at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and now I don't even get out of bed till then. <laughs> but um, I started manufacturing uh, because I started our, we started our life, married life here in Van Wert. 
And that was the option coming out of college. Um, loved my career. I was in management, human resources for many years, but just broke out of that um, three and a half, four years ago and went into several other uh, areas. Started out in Vanwert, at the Vanwert Economic Development Office as a job, um, as a workforce manager. Loved that position. Within two years, the Lord literally took me out of that and put me where I am now. Um, and I love um, the fact that it's helping people, but it's social work, it's it's medical, and it's also um, just helping people with life skills. And so I'm often mm-hmm. advertising, touting, pulling for Celebrate Recovery because one of the things my clients have to do is get some of my clients have to have three hours a week of peer support and what's nice about Celebrate Recovery here in town, and this is just the the DNA of it, is it's two hours. So you knock off two hours in a night. And, um, you know, big group, large group is the first hour, small group is the second hour. And then as you alluded to, Angela, the, the small, the step study, which is just incredibly intense, where you're digging mm-hmm. into the 12 steps and you are um, really applying them to your life in a manner where... You're meeting with like-minded folks of the same gender, talking through some hard things about your life and sharing with them um, to really work through, you know, why do I do what I do and how do I overcome it? How do I beat it? So we're using scripture. We're using biblical truth. Um, and so, yes, I've been through a step study. One of the things um, about 13 <coughs> years ago, uh, we started, 14 years ago, we started Celebrate Recovery in Van Wert. Um, myself and um, a good friend of mine um, joined in with a pastor and said, hey, can we pull this off? There are too many people dying in our community of heroin overdose. And we want to do something and we don't know what to do. And so um, we looked at several different curriculums and then we decided on Celebrate Recovery. And um, we recognized, because again, the Celebrate Recovery DNA says you need folks to lead, but before you can put them in leadership, they have to go through a step study because we can't ask people to go through something we've never been through. So whether you come out of addiction or you've overcome the very thing you're trying to leave behind or you haven't, you're struggling currently, you need to go through this exercise and it is it is intense, is it not? It is. <laughs> it is. We, we, it's, it lasts up to anywhere from like 7 to 12 months, mm-hmm. I would guesstimate. Yeah. And, um, and it's every week mm-hmm. for um, 7 to 12 months, and your attendance is required. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you have to put a lot into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go through the steps and... It's it is very intense, right? It's very soul searching. Yes, and yes, and I've probably completed four step studies, and uh, some of it's because of timing, some of it's because of helping to train up another group of ladies to move forward. But I tell you what, every single step study was valuable. What I've learned is that. You know, sometimes you hear the analogy of an onion. As we peel a layer, mm-hmm. we find that there's another layer to peel. In fact, the um, founder of Celebrate Recovery, John Baker, <coughs> who has <laughs> passed, um, 
you know, started out, he was an alcoholic. Alcohol took everything from him, his wife, his family, his home, his, his career. And when he started Celebrate Recovery, it was because he said, when I go to AA, I love what I'm hearing there and I want to tell my friends at church, but it's like, we don't talk about that here. And when I was at church, um, or I was at AA, I wanted to talk about my church family and my love for Jesus, but it's like, we don't talk, talk about, about that here. <laughs> it's higher power. Yes. And yeah. so he really wanted to develop a ministry and he that was speaking to, that was helpful for addicts of all kinds. Uh, you know, I was an addict to anger. I was an addict to control. I, um, And so he wanted to address all things, you know, um, mm-hmm. all areas of life. And so he sat down and wrote, I don't know, something like 12, 14 pages of this is how I see it going. He took it to his pastor. His pastor read it and said, I want you to do it. And that's the way he started Celebrate Recovery probably over 30 years ago. And now it's like in 10 or thousands of different countries. It's in several different languages. And I really forget where I was going with that. that. Oh, I know what it was. When he started out as an alcoholic and through the years, you know, would talk about how like at some point he realized he had traded one addiction for another and he was overeating and very overweight and unhealthy. And at some point, probably 15, 20 years ago, he, uh, you know, dropped like 40 pounds. He said, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't active enough. I, I hurt. I was sluggish. And so, and I found that to be true as well. Like, you know, early on my, my issues were anger and control and it's not that I never deal with those anymore, but they're not the masters uh-huh. of me and I'm the slave to them. I have learned through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the word of the, the scriptures, applying them to my life, that I am an overcomer. And so they're certainly not gone, but I have learned to manage them to a point where, and you know, really, that would be God's goal for all of us, that we become more and more like Christ. Right. And so as we learn to overcome, again, we're not perfect and we're not sinless, but we learn ways to be in the driver's seat with God's help, not let those things override and call the shots. And so throughout my journey, I realized, you know, today anger and control are not the top things in my life. They're certainly there. But I find that things like anxiety and lack of self-confidence have crept in. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this <laughs> level of maturity, shouldn't I have arrived? No, no, no. So, so part of that, you know, humility that God God will keep us humble if we're willing to go there with him. And, and I uh-huh. appreciate that. I want to be held accountable. You know, yeah. we were talking about step study and how attendance is required. And there is just an incredibly high level of accountability when you miss, you better have a really good reason, or one of your stepsisters is going to be calling you and saying, uh-huh. "Hey, how can I come alongside and help you make up the session you missed?" and and I appreciate that, but it's intense. Yeah, yeah it is. When I um, first decided to go through the step study, I basically thought I was doing it. Um, to become a leader or to so that I could learn about this new ministry. I mean, because we re we restarted it at Trinity Friends and I just thought 
it would be something that I would really like to serve in. So you, I knew that you had to go through the step study and I'm like, well, I don't have an addiction. So, (laughs) you know, I'm basically doing it. Um, and I, I have family members that have struggled with different things. So it was like, I was standing in the gap for them. And, but I, personally didn't have a problem right right (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I quickly (laughs) discovered (laughs) that yes I did Mm -hmm. and and it helped me um do a deep dive into the root of my problem my issue was also control and it helped me to discover when that started Mm. and what the idol that it had become the control in my life it was it was rooted in fear that from things that happened as early as my childhood Mm -hmm. you know yeah so um it it really in it and by the end of it it taught me a new way to do life with Jesus in as my cornerstone Absolutely. with God in control. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not to say that, you know, that we don't have contr- self-control over certain things, you know, God gives us free will and everything, but, and he gives us certain powers. I mean, the first of which was naming and ordering of the animals <laughs> and, uh, with Adam and Eve, but, but it, it helps me to know that I don't have to, I'm free from that. I don't have to worry and to grasp for control over things that I really can have no control over. Yeah, I like what you said. Like you kind of learned a a way to apply, this is what I heard, apply scripture to your daily life. Like scripture is practical. Uh I can live out these 12 steps, not only for the things I just discovered I'm dealing with and where they came from, but as I continue forward and as, a, as uh-huh. I walk through my life and, you know, maybe a control uh, issue or, or that, that tends comes, creeps back into my life. Or the anxiety. Absolutely. You, the, you said that there were other things yes. that you've noticed and mm-hmm. you can apply the, these steps Absolutely. to that. So, yeah, as, you know, Celebrate Recovery is back in our community. It started back in April and I love that you guys are hosting and just the leadership that you've trained up and the, the way you've you've brought it back. I'm just so encouraged. I come as often as I can. And like I mentioned, I bring, I try to bring as many people as I can or get them excited about it. There's so many good things about Celebrate Recovery. And um, for me to just remind myself every week I come, we read through the 12 steps or the eight recovery principles and I'm just reminded this is this is how you walk this life. This is how you navigate because, you know, anybody that's lived a minute knows that life is full of challenges and new things you've never experienced before. You know, I've never been 57 in 2023. I don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. And so you, you think of things in your physical body that change as you age and, and sickness and different things and how you cope with those relationships. You know, I married my husband 34 and a half years ago. He's not the same <laughs> Congratulations. guy he was. Thank you. Thank you. It's fantastic. How did we get here? Uh, you know, and your kids grow up and you have grandkids, grandkids and yeah. just it's beautiful, wonderful blessings, but they come with challenges. So, 
you know, we're all walking a journey that we've never, I've never been at this spot before. Uh-huh. And so as I, as I recognize and step study helped me do this, as you mentioned, like digging in, I had to make this stuff real. I had to answer questions. There are four different booklets that you go through, you work through as a group and you're, you're crunching through these lessons where you're answering questions personally outside of class and then you're coming to class ready to share. And we talked about high accountability, attendance is taken. There's other rules that like if you aren't prepared to share, you're not allowed to share. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to just off the cuff answer the question. We want to know that you've thought through it and you spent some quiet time alone just talking to God, looking up these scriptures, really applying them to your situation and, and answering honestly, because this study is for you. And, you know, we talked about how step four earlier, we, you and I were talking on the way up. Step four is where you take a personal inventory and you really start to look back, you know, who are the people I've wronged mm-hmm. and I owe them an amends or they've wronged me and I've never really Forgiven. worked through it in mm-hmm. my head. Like what extent and to your point, have I forgiven them and what does that look like and what does that mean in the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was that step. (laughs) We were talking about how if someone is going to drop out or fall off um, of the step study, that is the that is a breaking point for a lot of people. And I, I admit I warred with it a little bit myself because as a Christian, I was a Christian before I started, you know, the step study. And I felt like I've been forgiven for all of that. Why would I rehash, you know, God forgave all that. So why would I rehash all that? And what I came to realize as I'm studying, there was a lot of scripture in James, but that we should be continually thinking about those things, not from a standpoint of beating ourselves up or um, from like still having rehashing resentment, old resentments and things like that, but from a perspective of reminding us what God has done for us Amen. and what he can, what he can continue to do for us. Absolutely. Because we're still not perfect. We haven't gotten there. Right. You know, it's, and we need to be doing a continual inventory of our behavior, our words, our thoughts, our yes, thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because I know there are other Christians that struggle with, why would I go back and rehash? Why would I sort through things that God's mm-hmm. already forgiven and moved on from or forgiven me with and I've moved on from? But um, as you pointed out, like even in the Old Testament, God tells the old the Israelites over and over and over again, remember, 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 uh, you know, the blood on the door jam of your home to remind yourself of the Passover and God's grace and his his deliverance. And remember, I brought right. you out of Egypt. Remember, you crossed the Red Sea and no one was scathed. And and we're, we ought to remember what God has done where I have come from. Uh-huh. And, you know, to your point, like I still struggle with the sin nature Romans 8 tells me this is a battle that daily I'm going to fight, mm-hmm. and I have two sides to choose. I've got the Spirit, the Spirit controlling me, capital S, 
or my sin nature controlling. And there's battle every day for who's going to be in control today or in this decision, which way am I going to go? You know, step four says we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And then the scripture, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Lamentations 340. And I think, you know, if again, if you've lived on the planet a minute or two, you know that even though I may be <laughs> spiritually well, physically well, emotionally well, there are challenges that come up that cause me to have to examine what I'm doing to your point, uh-huh. my thoughts, my words, my actions, test them against God's holy word, his standard. And then I need to, probably more often than not, go back to the Lord and confess and repent and start afresh, remind myself that His standard is the right way. We can all get off course. And we can be off course um, in ways that we don't even realize until we actually examine it. my my issue was control and i found that it had started um way back when i was a child my my parents i had a very good childhood and my parents were loving parents they they were married until my father passed away and um and it it was a good childhood but when I was about 12 years old, and it was soon after, when I really thought about it, it was soon after I became a Christian, mm-hmm. that I accepted Jesus, that I got my first trial, <laughs> you know. And uh, my parents uh, had a rough patch in their marriage. And my dad even left for about three months. And they got back together, and they worked through it, and moved on, but it was harder for us kids to heal from it. I mean, it was back before you took your kids to therapy and, you know, you were like all concerned with that. It was just like, okay, we're through that. We're moving Mm -hmm. on. But our, our world was rocked. Uh, It was the first time that I think that I realized that the world wasn't a safe place, you know, Mm -hmm. could bad things could happen. Mm And um, I carried that into my teenage years, and then I was really rebellious in my teenage. I rebelled against everything. My, my parents, God, the whole nine yards. And um, then leading into um, young adulthood, um, after I was married, uh, we had three miscarriages. And again, the world's not a safe place. When I eventually was blessed with kids, I was extremely overprotective. Sure. I had to control everything, their environment, everything. Mm -hmm. And it had become to the point, and I never even realized it as I was walking with Christ and, and, you know, coming back to recommitting my life and coming back to it, I never realized until a particular traumatic incident occurred with one of my kids that I had put my family and my control over my life above God, you know, above my relationship Mm -hmm. with him. It was like, 
I would worry and and pray, but it was more, um, God, take this, heal this, take this trial from us, mm-hmm. take this trauma from us, rather than um, walk with me through it. Mm-hmm. So I had never really even contemplated uh, the fullness of that until I dug deep into the step study. Sure. So the high accountability, the work that's required. And, uh-huh. you know, we started talking about the, the most difficult step, but I'm going to skip to step 10 where you made the point to say, we continue to take personal inventory right. when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And the scripture that goes with that is 1 Corinthians 10, 12. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. And so, you know, you learn these habits of taking inventory, um, keeping, I call it like a short list. Like, you know, before I came to Christ or even as a young Christian, I might let things pile up and don't realize that I need to really deal with these. I need to repent. I need Uh to go to the Lord. I need to go to people. I need to spend quiet time with the Lord to make sure that I'm on track. Um, and so um, this continuing um, analysis, day in and day out, Lord, you know, show uh-huh. me what I've done that doesn't please you. But by the way, there's these four things I know today that I could have handled differently. I should have been more loving, more kind, more patient, more gentle. Help me to do better. And realizing, you know, um, step one uh is we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors and that our lives were unmanageable. When you come to a point where you say, yeah, this thing is bigger than me, this thing has taken over. And, you know, to your point, it's become an idol. I've placed it or I've operated in this manner where God is not number one in my life. I always thought he was. I said he was. (laughs) I go to church every Sunday. Doesn't that prove it? No. How do you think? How do you reason? What, do you rest your head on the pillow at night knowing he's in control? Or is there every time you get a phone call that's bad news, you're like, oh, now's the time to panic. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, all your faith flies out the window. Not that we don't struggle, you know, with yeah. is God capable? Will he step in? But when I'm constantly operating in the mode of, well, God needs my help. I uh-huh. must make these phone calls. I must do X, Y, and Z because I don't think he's going to come through or in time or at the, uh-huh. the way I think he should. And so, yeah, just to take this inventory and this work through these hard truths and come out on the other side going, wow, uh-huh. I'm a bigger train wreck than I thought. I, was. <laughs> yeah. I do need Well, that. And there were things, there were in that fourth step where we did like a fearless inventory mm-hmm. of our past I we most of us did it on like a timeline mm-hmm. that included our our whole life mm-hmm. as far back as we could remember and I realized that when I asked Christ into my heart and said forgive me forgive me of of all my sins that there were things that I didn't even remember <laughs> you know there were actions that I had done that I had just, it was like a blanket prayer and it was, it was like, okay, the old is gone and the new is here. And that is true. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is true, Mm -hmm. but it may affect my behavior moving forward. Right. right. Those things. Yes. And the way I think about things. Mm -hmm. So it was good to 
really a fearless inventory to really look at my own behavior and and examine it and say, wow, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, that I don't like looking at that from this lens mm-hmm. and being able to say, I did that. Thank you for forgiving me yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. And what do I need to do, if anything, moving forward? Mm-hmm. Like, do I need to make amends to somebody? Mm-hmm. Do I need to say, hey, I'm really sorry that happened. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, and I just want you to know that I'm a different person, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry that that happened. Well, and to realize I am a work in progress. Uh, my right. spiritual maturity, it better be higher today than it was 10 years ago. Right. And God is so gracious to reveal them to me things when I'm ready. Uh-huh. You know, I might recognize something in my life that happened back when I was a young adult, and this is a true thing. It, it's happened recently, and if I think through it, we'll, we'll talk about it. But just God will reveal to you what He desires when He desires. And sometimes it's way back, and sometimes it's two years ago, and sometimes it's just like mm-hmm. last week. It's like if you really want to walk with Him and continually submit to His will, you're going to recognize and realize there are things that come to mind that I really need to take care of. God would tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, we really need to walk through this. I have forgiven you. You are new. But by the way, there's that other promise. I am making all things new. So Mm -hmm. I didn't just make you new the day you came to Christ. And it's a process, a daily process. But also, I am making all things new. Other things. New, a right spirit (laughs) within me. All kinds of promises (laughs) that I'm a work in progress and God expects me to grow and change, but he is patient with me and he Uh works through things with me when I'm ready. And, you know, as things change, and you mentioned earlier, like a traumatic experience happened in our lives. It's amazing how when something comes to a head or something happens in your life, there are things going on mentally, psychologically that may all of a sudden surface and you never had thought through them before, or they reveal themselves because of a circumstance in your family or your situation or your body that they come to light. And it's like, okay, I guess we're dealing with that now. God has said, now's the time. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you went through the step study, what do you think was the hard, was that the hardest part or what, when did you did you get a revelation okay. through it the like the first time or you said that you got something different out of each one yeah, that you absolutely. went through it four times yeah so to start off with like you was like okay this is required to be in leadership so we're uh-huh. gonna crunch through it and we're just gonna breeze through it it's no big deal <laughs> yeah I'm not addicted to drugs yeah. or alcohol I'm, I'm gonna do just fine yeah <laughs> we had a running joke back when um, we had started. F- celebrate recovery back in the day and we ran it for six years and maybe it's still a thing i think it is because now i hear johnny baker john's son when he's teaching say you know there's this stereotype that we believers we christians we people that have it all together say and it's i'm not one of those people, people. and we really yeah. drag out the word those, those because people. <laughs> we tend to say you know there's this group of people but i'm not part of them and so that's who Celebrate Recovery is for. It's not for me. And then as you dig in and you realize, oh my goodness, I have some <laughs> really 
wonky ideas, beliefs, (laughs) habits, quirks about me. And Uh so the first time I went through it, that was, I know that was my mindset going in. And then the more I dug in and realized this is an opportunity to to share at a very deep level who I am and who I was to help encourage others, but also to, like you pointed out, like recognize where I've come from and to realize I do not have it all together. There, there are things that surface or come back that I struggle with and will always struggle with. So it, I don't know that there was a one aha moment, but many smaller times when I'm like, I am so blessed to be where I am, to have gone through what I've gone through, to look back as at some of the challenges that I've had gone through and really see them as blessings, maybe for the first time. Um, I remember, you know, one thing in Celebrate Recovery that's really um, taught and and uh, encouraged is that you learn to share your testimony. So you 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 learn to write it out and talk about who you were and who you're becoming, and um, figure out come up with like a 40, 45 minute presentation testimony because every other week in Celebrate Recovery there is a testimony shared which has got a whole list of benefits that maybe we'll talk about. But also be prepared to share just a five-minute kind of elevator version of your testimony Uh because the Word says that with the Word of our testimony, we become more and more like Christ. We, We overcome by sharing, here's who I was, here's who I've become. And by the way, it's all through the power of God and the Holy Spirit. Right. I take no credit for having arrived and so um, just uh, walking through that, a few years ago, I had shared my testimony at my church. It was a, a shorter version, I'm going to say a 10 to 15 minute version, but my daughter was in the congregation in the audience, and I had talked about, as I do, starting my testimony with when I was a child, I grew up in a beautiful, wonderful two-parent home, had everything we needed. But when I was eight years old, my dad died of cancer. And so I go on from there about how that affected me. Mm-hmm. And really, as a kid, not knowing that it was a negative thing per se, I didn't know what it was like to grow up with a dad because I'd never had that experience, you know, from eight years, eight years old and on. And just, um, you know, didn't realize that financially we weren't as well off as we would have been. I mean, as a kid, you don't reason through those things. Uh And then just not having an influence of a dad in my life. Um, And so then I talk about, as your story, um, I think you mentioned this, but for me, the control, but before that was even just the anger and the rebellion. Um, At around age 12, and, you know, you liken it to, that was after I became a Christian, I liken it to, okay, that's when puberty hit, and we're probably (laughs) physiologically in a mess anyway, but I just remember kind of putting things together and, you know, just deciding, I want to be in control of my life, I want to be in charge, Uh I call the shots, and I'm, for anybody who knows me, very black and white, type A personality, it's Uh my way and the wrong way, that is how life goes. (laughs) I am too, consequently. Yes. (laughs) And so I just, as a teenager, I rebelled, you know, my mom's a single mom, she's raising four kids, I decided she didn't do things the way I liked, and I, I just, I was very rebellious, very argumentative, very... Um, the things that I controlled, I controlled with an iron fist. Um, I tried to control other people, relationships. 
And so as I was sharing that within my testimony a few years ago, afterwards, I think we were at dinner, my, my daughter said, Mom, you know, tell me about the anger issues. Does it tie back to your dad's death? Because she said, I think I have anger issues. And I said, well, honey, I don't know that it was. It might have been. But one of my takeaways, if I never solve the connection, never make the connection or never solve the reason, is that it doesn't matter what kind of start you've had in life. We are uh-huh. all sinful to the core. We live in a broken body with a broken spirit in a broken world. Things are going to go south at some point. They've already gone south the day you uh, breathe your first breath, but you don't really recognize it or realize or put it together until a point when hopefully the light dawns on you where you you come to your senses. You know, the prodigal son was slopping pigs in a pit and came to his senses. Not mm-hmm. until that point. He had done yeah. all these things that led <laughs> Even him Even ser- my father's servants are eating better than right. I am. What yeah. am I doing here? I can go back to my father and make things right and have better than I've got right now, even if he doesn't totally forgive me or totally bless what I've done or however you want to word it. But yeah, at, at some point you come to your senses. And so um, I, I don't believe it was ever a point in time. I, I accepted Christ when I was eight. Um, but did I have it all together then? No. Did I understand what it really meant? No. Did I Was I on the trajectory to never go down a bad path again? No. But I had to come to that step first, and then I had to figure things out. And as I alluded to prior, I just think God is so, I know, God is so gracious and so gentle and he's such a gentleman, and he's a father. He's a mm-hmm. loving father who brings us along, sometimes faster than we think we ought to, but always in the perfect timing. Yeah, the, the, what you were saying made me think of um, Psalm 51, 16, and 17. And I can't, well, I can't take credit for for being, I was pointed to this verse by um, Kylie Owens, my coworker, when I gave her uh, my testimony on her podcast, Midwest Girls, but um, it says, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Amen. He wants, he wants us to give that to him. Yes. And in therein we can give control to God, right, you know, and right say, "Okay, right. I can't do this. I'm messing this up." Right. I've come to a place where right. I realize full circle that you that, <laughs> that you God need to have the wheel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, and he and he, you know, it, it it says right there, he doesn't want our big shows mm-hmm. of of sacrifice and organization or however we would present to God, even being busy for my church, even being busy in ministry, saving all these people, saving the world, however you want to term it. And (laughs) and I, I, I say that from experience. I used to think I will go save the world and I'll do it by myself. Thank you. (laughs) God will just bless it and we'll be good to go. Yeah. I'll work, work, work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And so thankfully I am very grateful that God would get my attention and keep my ear. You know, obviously that's on me as well. I need to be listening and I need uh-huh. to be quiet and I need to be still, which is so not, you know, the way I'm wired. 
but I need to discipline my life and spend time with him daily. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe praying continually, continually, as Paul talked about, is a real thing. Having an oh, ongoing yeah. conversation with God when things are good, when things are not good, when I'm panicking, when I don't know what I'm going to do next, and just asking him to give me grace, give me his light, mm-hmm. show me, direct me, give me wisdom, help me know what to do. Just God, be with me, walk with me as you've promised. The promises are for me. I'm claiming them. I'm calling out your name for them. I believe that you are the source of all good. You are the source of wisdom. Uh It's that constant reminding myself of this is who I am. This is who he is. This is who I want him to be in my life. Just as he promised, it is for me and, and walking in that. Right. And uh, one of the, another thing that I want to uh, mention, sometimes at some point uh, during when I was in the step study, I was sitting in church and listening to a sermon on um, John, and it was John chapter 21. It was towards the end of John. And Peter was walking with Jesus, and John was walking behind them, like following them. And Jesus was trying to um, reveal to Peter a little bit about how he would glorify God with his end, you know, that he was warning him that there were some hard times coming, that he would be with them, and and he was trying to, Peter was trying to understand all that, and he kind of picked up on it, and he said, but what about the, this guy? You know, what about what about him? And Jesus said, what about him? I'm talking to you about you. And it was, you know, it was a sermon on comparing ourselves to others and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the time, I worry had been creeping back into my life over some family members that aren't saved. And and I was just like, oh, there's no fruit, you know. I <laughs> I try to show, I try to show them every day, Lord, and you know, why is this not happening, you know, and worrying over it. And in that moment, when I heard that, I heard a reassurance from God that my heaven, I could trust God for my heaven. What about them? We're, we're not talking about them. Mm. We're talking, we're, I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And don't you trust me to be preparing a place for you mm-hmm. that will be heaven? Mm-hmm. And, and it just, the pressure of that just flew away from me mm-hmm. in that moment. Fantastic. And yeah, it's so he continues. He continues to help me yes. give up control over things that mm-hmm. I don't need to be worrying and worrying over. It's not that I shouldn't be sharing, right. you know. It's not that I shouldn't continue to try mm-hmm. to help them see Jesus through me, mm-hmm. through my actions. It was that I didn't need to be so stressed. Yeah. It wasn't assured. my responsibility. Yes. I am in control, and I have everything and you do, and I didn't need to be worrying all in advance that it won't be heaven if they're not there, you know, and and worrying over that mm-hmm. that, that that was God's to worry. Absolutely, yeah, love it. 
So, yeah. So it continues to be a daily thing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and come to Celebrate Recovery. It's oh, every yes. Thursday nights from 6 to 8. Yes. It's just the fellowship is sweet, the testimony, the teaching, the the fellowship. I know that you guys are, it's awesome. The fourth Thursday of every month, you're serving a meal. The The last part of the, the hour, the two hours is a yeah. meal just to have fellowship and connect with folks so you can find a sponsor, you can find accountability partners. It's just a fantastic ministry, and you guys are doing a great job. Yeah, so. and I'm part of the team that's going to be cooking this awesome. month. <laughs> Go you. So, awesome. yeah, we're like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks a lot for coming on again, Thanks Jean. for having me, Angela. This was fun. Thanks yeah. so much for fellowship. <laughs> yeah, and I'm hoping you'll come on again. Sounds good. <laughs> I love talking with you Sounds on here. Good. We'll see you. If you or someone you love is experiencing thoughts of suicide, having a mental health or substance use crisis, or any other kind of emotional distress, you can text or call 988 to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or text for hope to 741-741, the Crisis Text Line. Stay in the word, Giant Slayers.